after midnight in New Orleans, so the ITC is going to let it all hang out. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the instant analysis edition of WrestleMania 34. The Brian Campbell, yes, the voice that you hear sitting across from the Silverstein, the Silver King. Wow, Adam Silverstein and Silver King. I don't want to do any pleasantries. I don't want to do any lead-ins. I just want to tell you that you and I, less than an hour removed from exiting that Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and this guy right here is fired up from a top five. WrestleMania in history. Am I crazy? Tell me straight up. Well, first, let me fit the hey now. Uh, yeah, I think it had all the makings of a top five WrestleMania. There is an argument to be made, BC, that the last third of the card potentially took it out of that running. I don't necessarily hold that opinion. I think there was enough there to keep it in that talk, but uh, you know, a little inside baseball. I started out in the press box with Brian, ended the show down with the plebeians in the crowd, uh, with the patrons, uh, at the Superdome. And when I left the press box, I said to you, and, and you agreed with me, this is going to be the best WrestleMania of all time. It, it looked like it was going to be knowing what we had left. Certainly, just like last year where I thought, you know, at that halfway three quarter mark, maybe we were on that road. Look, this time I think anything I did not like about this, this card, and we're going to get into that. I thought they they either shortened it or or made it action-packed or did something to redeem the moments I didn't like. I think overall, we agreed this was not a great build, considering how many pawns were on the chessboard, how loaded and gratuitous the roster was. Man, did I thought they deliver. And the reason why I love this card so much, Adam, it was because there was so much attention to detail. There were so much attempts at making this a great card, where I think last year when things went a little bit south, you had your Randy Orton Bray Wyatt moment that was right. really hard to pull it out of. Yeah. I don't think we had a Randy Orton Bray Wyatt moment on 34. Maybe a couple matches, a couple moments you didn't love, but I think everything they did, they tried to make this a reg- uh, uh, a top flight WrestleMania. And even if there were certain matches that we thought could have been A's or A pluses or five stars, and maybe they came up a little short, at the very least. I thought they differentiated the type of matches we saw. It wasn't all high flyers, right? There were a lot of different kinds of presentations there. And look, we ripped the booking when it's bad. And this was the type of night where I think you have to stand up and applaud and say, this was one hell of a show. I don't know if it was seven hours or however long it was, but for me, I'm never looking at the clock. I didn't have a Pitbull concert to go to the restroom. I saw a great night of sports entertainment. I think that's fair. That's a good point. Um, I, looking back on it, and we'll go, we'll get granular, we'll talk match by match at some point, um, and we'll also talk NXT TakeOver New Orleans before this show is out, but I don't think there was a D match on the WrestleMania card, and if you have 14 matches, and none of them fall below average, that is the makings of uh, top 5, 6, 7 um, all-time WrestleMania. So I think, like you said, BC, they didn't do anything bad. The question is, and this is what we'll get into tonight. Did they do enough great? Uh, yeah. And my, my answer to that is yes. I've, you know, I've already seen the feedback on, uh, on social media. Not everybody agreeing with my uh, line of thinking. A lot of people thought there were big moments. Wasn't consistently good across the board, but I think every WrestleMania gives you one WrestleMania moment, a match, a moment that will be the poster in your memory. It'll be the redeeming thing, right? Hogan, all, yeah. Hogan Rock at 18, right? Hogan Andre at three, you know, Flair Michaels at 24 across the board. 
I think we both agree. Maybe not, but I'm going to put it out there. This was Ronda Rousey's night when all was said and done. So we don't have our soundboard, so I think we're going to have to play off one another. BC, Ronda Rousey has it. Yeah. Ronda Rousey has it. This is a star. I'm going to give the Barry Horowitz right here. I said it weeks ago, okay? On Monday Night Raw, I saw it in her. She's a star. I said it on Twitter today. I think she's going to be bigger than Brock Lesnar in WWE. You're so wrong on that. It, You're so I'm not, off the wall on that. The reason I'm not is because of the women's revolution, the women's evolution, and the way they are going to push her, okay? She is a massive star. You saw it the entire night from the second she stepped through that. I don't want to say it's not a curtain, but from the second she stepped on that stage, <laughs> through okay? Through Gorilla, brother. W- looking like, not like R- Rowdy Roddy Piper, but emulating him, okay, with that getup. And look, I'll say it, folks. She looks sexy, all right? Uh, simple as that. The way she performed in the entirety of the match, she hit the spots right. Everything about it impressed me. And if there was anyone that doubted her, you can't doubt her anymore. All right, a couple things to deal with there. Her timing and presentation was incredible. This match, which we all were kind of like, you know, she might overachieve in the ring. They'll do some some bells and whistles on this match, but it will be what it will be. I don't think... All, any of us expected this to be like an A-level match. Like of this course. was for the style of match they presented. They hit a home run there. And we're going to get into why in a second. I want to get into your point, though, that she'll, she could somehow be bigger than Brock. I mean, look, I love where the women's direction is going, but women's wrestling is not on the same par with men's wrestling yet. It's just not, okay? Women are hitting, allowed to hit home runs now, and that's great. And by the way, Asuka Charlotte was a home run, and we're going to get to that in a second. But there's already a built-in ceiling on, uh, in my mind, on where she can become. And let's not look over one thing. She was great in this match. Her, she exceeded expectations, but this was the softest cushion to present her, to roll her out with. She had three people willing to do everything in their power to hoist her up and get her over. We will need to see what it looks like when she's in singles matches going forward against people that are not as experienced and up to the level of a Kurt Angle, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, whose sole job in this point is to make Ronda Rousey a star. Nothing you're saying is wrong. You're a thousand percent right. Here's the difference. Brock Lesnar had, again, I don't know the exact time, six months, nine months, a year in OVW to train. Ronda Rousey had her first match at WrestleMania and looked like a star. We talked about on this show, you know, the last couple of weeks how her promos have been rough. Yeah, they've been rough. You know why? Because wrestlers cut hundreds of promos. They wrestle hundreds of matches before they ever get to be in front of a raw audience. She's had zero in front of a WrestleMania audience in BC. She thought she was going to get booed. Okay, we heard that in the press box. She didn't get booed. She didn't get the cheers she got on Raw. She got massive reactions to the point, and we'll get to this later, where we were arguing back and forth whether she got a bigger reaction than Daniel Bryan. This is a WrestleMania crowd, we'll also get to this later, that booed the main event that's been building for not just 12 months, where it's been intense, but three years. Ronda Rousey was one of the most over people in this show, and that cannot be discounted. She she hit a home run. Look, I, she exceeded my expectations. She was very quick in there. I, so her yes. timing was great, but she went from move to move, and she had the intensity that she needed. Again, she had a perfect storm of a of a cushion around her, but everybody delivered. So there were points in this match, Silver King, where they could have ended it, and the story could have ended there, and I think we would have been happy with it. I thought there were points in this match where I'm like, okay, we see the finish coming, right? There's going to be a double submission. There's going to be whatever. It'll end here. We did know that finish was going to happen, by the way. We did. We but did. I got to give them credit because there were probably four to five times where they escalated things to another level. Yep. I thought that finish was coming, but no, there's one more swerve in there. 
And for anything that anyone with even the sharpest pencil of smart, smartality, smartism coming at you, the people that are just predestined to not like Ronda, to not like what this match was. Which is absurd. You have to look at this, what this match was. I know she's a full-time contract and she's going to be there. But look, this was a celebrity try to pull yeah. crossover fans in the building. Absolutely. It's a mixed tag match. So look, do I love that she's going to pull Triple H in the corner and get a flurry of punches off? And you're like, is a woman really going to do that to a man, especially a man in this kayfabe world like yes. Triple H, who's a four-time, 14-time world champion? That is bollocks to me, BS, whatever. But under the grounds of the story they're telling, I was fine with it. They hit a home run with this match and this story to the point that I'm going to take a step back and I don't really think there's much I can pick apart. This was almost, for the style of match, Adam, this was almost a perfect match for this old school, traditional tag team. Build the heat, build tour the hot tag. It was perfect. It was perfect. And my concern going into it was you have Ronda Rousey in her first match going against a woman who is not a professional wrestler. As good as Stephanie may be, as much as she might train, she's not a pro wrestler. She's had a handful of matches in WWE, and most of them really consisted of her just getting thrown around and beat up and whatever. Stephanie held her own. And by the way, I think she's WWE's best heel. Like, it's crazy to say that, but she's amazing. And the way that they had her poke at Rousey at the beginning of that match and try to get her off her game. Um, it was just, it was perfect getting Triple H involved, allowing Triple H, by the way, in this era of, you know, being extremely careful not to ruffle any feathers, allowing him to actually pull Ronda by the leg and, 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 and hurt her, you know, hurt her like WWE does not do and has not done for maybe a decade, man versus woman. You know, you're not seeing power bombs through tables with, you know, 70 year old women anymore. Um, Which is cool, because even though they protected her overarching, they didn't protect her in specific spots, and her athleticism was up to par, so it was perfect. That was my thing. Like, for anyone that ever questioned whether she could live up to, you know, the billing of Ronda Rousey, she's a world-class athlete. She's a bronze Olympic medalist. She's a... They created a division and and an entire women's, you know, situation in UFC because of her. And she was going to go into a, you know, fake, fabricated, whatever you want to call it, sport and not succeed and not be potentially the most athletic, best woman there. I never believed it for a second. I just, honestly, like, I was so impressed. You saw me. I was on the edge of my seat, peering over that balcony saying, this is special. She's a star. I'm all in on Ronda Rousey. And I never would have guessed coming in if you said, hey, hey, BC, what's going to be the longest match of the night? I wouldn't have said Rousey in this mixed tag team. If you would have said, hey, Rousey's going to go 20 minutes and 40 seconds in this match. Look, again, no chance. But, again, they told a good story. All four sold out. For how this, a hit, this was a hit or miss build, mostly mostly hit. Right? Mostly hit. They put a lot of time and effort into this. Everybody was like, I think each of the four people maxed out in what their role was in this. And, and look, if you got to put, if you got to give an MVP to this WrestleMania 34 card, there were a couple candidates, right? I thought the crowd was a candidate because I thought this crowd was juicy and no, great. No, the crowd does not get MVP. Not outside of the main event. No, no, no. This you crowd, can't, but you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, I'm going to do it right now. Okay. No. The other, the other MVP candidates, I thought were Vince's booking to close, and we're going to get in that a second. <laughs> into a second, Rousey was a leading candidate, and we had one other candidate, by the way, famed now famed ITC listener Tristan Adelano at Adelano underscore Tristan, which by the way. Inside baseball, Tristan came up to the Silver King and I Thursday night at the WrestleCon Super Show in New Orleans. Had a great time meeting him and talking to him. He DMs me before the start of this card and says, I got a sign with, with two sides on it. 
that, that I'm going to try to get on the show. I don't know how Tristan acquired these tickets, but he was right on main camera side. He was about five or six our, rows back. Our boy, our boy might be rolling in some dough. I don't know. And as Triple H and Steph came into the ring, he <laughs> holds up the sign that says, I'm bored, brother. And the internet blows up. There's like a hundred couple, there's like a hundred tweets that says, shout out to the guy with the I'm bored, brother sign. And he, on the other side, of course, he had the, uh, the, the intro that, that I do in, under the Nick Costos, Nick Costos era of the show, the, the, you know, the one time, the, all that good stuff. So MVP candidates could easily go to Tristan Adelano. Shout out to, to our man right there. But look, this was Rousey's night. She was the MVP. Shout out to everybody involved. You're not disappointed. Now you want to see. What can she do next? Tristan's a close second to Rhonda. It, it, it was close, honestly, because I popped for that big. Um, the thing about the Rhonda match, just to kind of close on it, hopefully, um, it was in the, its right spot in the show in that that's where it should have been for a match that was not expected to be as good as it was. But we were debating on, on the show, on the preview show, could this possibly main event? And I said, no way. It would be a huge mistake. You know what? It should have made event at WrestleMania. Okay, I don't think it should have. It could have though. It could have, it and it would have been have. fine. I I don't agree that it should have, but ultimately, look. You know what it got? It got the Hogan Rock placement from eighteen. It got the yes. Michaels Flair placement from twenty four, which basically was says, it that early? It, it really was. It was, okay. it was it, middle late, and that's what this one was, right? Middle late. What was the, uh, what did this one come on? Middle this? early. It was like an hour and a half in, I think, to the main card. Uh, well, I guess I look at it a number. This was the seventh match overall. Okay, it was the fourth match on the main card. Yeah, all right. I it mean, was early. Maybe this was earlier than that, but I think it, at the very least, if you look at the show, middle. Sorry, beginning, middle, end. This was your middle main event. It right? was. Like this was in, yeah. in, look, it, it absolutely lived up to expectations. We don't know where they're going to go from here, right? Because you can either then release Ronda Rousey now into the singles women's division and see where she goes, or like you and I sort of said off, off, uh, camera before starting this, does, does Steph come out with an, with an arm brace and do we continue the Steph Rousey feud in a poor man's version of Vince McMahon versus Steve Austin. It's going to be interesting where they go. They got options. Rousey's a player. She, yeah, she's got it. She's a star. But look, Rousey's the MVP, but really your biggest story wrestling wise for, for the smarks on this show. We're a smart show. We, we feed to the, to the intelligent, to the most intelligent, you know, few percentage of the show. It's that swerve finish. And man, I loved that swerve finish. Which one? The main event. Okay. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Adam, I don't think it would have been hyperbole to say that this was the most predictable main event in WrestleMania history. Maybe you thought Hogan Bundy at two was more, was more predictable, but look, 99.9.5%, we would have said Roman Reigns is leaving with the, with the Universal Championship. So the fact that he did not, I don't care, we're going to get into the crowd, and I don't care how bad the crowd was. The fact that he did not, and Vince had one more trick up his sleeve, everyone out there who, somehow could have a negative reaction to the way this main event played out. I got one great quote to you from Vince McMahon, the higher power. You bought it. You all bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. You, you all, all bought, bought it. it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, okay, I know the only way this could be really amazing is if Reigns turned heel or if he signed on with Paul Heyman. That's not going to happen, right? For all we know, Lesnar's going to lose the belt Monday night, and that's fine. But let's talk about Sunday night in the moment, this main event. I love that Vince built up for 20 minutes that it was going to go one way, and then he swerved you on the way out, so the people did not leave unhappy. So I like the booking. I agree with you. I thought the match was violent, as it should have been. I liked that 
I think Roman got hardwayed with the elbow, a la Randy Orton. Um, I like seeing color. We all like seeing color. That was cool. Regardless of that, regardless of the match being good, regardless of the swerve finish, okay, uh, it was a disaster. A- and well, well, no, it was the no, mat. Okay, Brian, well, I was no, sitting in the crowd. I'm going to ask you a question. It was a disaster. I'm going to ask you a question. Was the match a disaster, or was the crowd a disaster? It's all encompassing. You can't take the match into account without the crowd. And I was not sitting listening to commentary, Michael Cole, Corey Graves, etc. I was sitting among the people, okay? And I can tell you, there were people behind me were some of the few people in the entire crowd cheering for Roman Reigns. So I had a row behind me cheering for Roman Reigns. Everyone else was booing the holy hell out of him from the second his face was on the Tron as as the preview for the match, okay? We talked on this show, and I said to you, they did not completely repair Roman Reigns, but they got 50% of the way there. The raw crowds, we heard it, cheered for him. It was 65% cheers. New Orleans, people come from all over the world. They spent hundreds, many people, thousands of dollars, maybe even tens of thousands of dollars for not just seats, but flights, hotels, people coming from Denmark, you know, Holland, etc. Okay? I don't know why I picked those two countries, but I did. Regardless. And they sat there, and they played with beach balls. They chanted, this is awful. They <laughs> chanted CM Punk. They chanted Rusev Day. And they booed the holy hell out of Roman Reigns. And the event ended without him turning heel and capitalizing on those boos. So if you want to swerve me in the finish, and I do like what Vince did, okay? But if you want to truly swerve me and, and make lemonade out of lemons, turn him heel in some way to end WrestleMania, and they did that with Nakamura, so you can't really do it twice. True. That you have to question. Uh, look, I think this is brilliant. I, I, the crowd was awful, but they were supposed to be awful. They were led to be awful because this was a year-long build. And like you mentioned off the top, if you want to go deeper, it even a three-year-long three build to put Roman Reigns over Brock Lesnar clean. Every booking decision they made, especially last fall, right, when Braun Strowman got pinned off a of 1F5 against against Brock Lesnar and even Roman beating John Cena really somewhat easily, right? This all was a setup for this, yet we all got swerved for one year. I love that. And for everyone... See, wait, hold on. I got to stop you. Did we all get swerved for one year or did Vince do what he did with Seth Rollins and just change so his mind last minute? Even if, he, even if he changed his mind in the middle of the match as a reactionary move, and even if Brock Lesnar's still going to go to the UFC and still going to give the belt back on Monday night and lose in some form or whatever happens next, I still say this was a, a, a I like swerves, right? This was a, everybody went home happy. They did. The cheers when Brock won. They went home happier. This is different, I think. So this was, okay, in theory, okay, reality, this was troll booking. But I don't think it it was the kind of troll booking that annoys me. You know what kind of troll booking annoys me? When we're supposed to get something that we deserve and we all want, and WWE leads us for 364 days into believing we're not going to get it, and then at 365 we get it, right? That's just like, why did you waste the first, why did you waste nine-tenths of the year to get me to that point when I deserve this all along? To me, this is a smart swerve because they they put every ounce they had into the booking of this match to build, to believe that Roman was going over. Roman kicked out of four F5s. I mean, to the point, like, crimson mask of blood down his face where I'm like, they're really going to not only have him kick out of four F5s, but they're going to give him some, like, Steve Austin WrestleMania 13 type of, like, babyface sympathy here that he's going to go through everything. 
And then Vince had one more card up his sleeve. And suddenly everything makes sense. And I don't get people coming at me on Twitter going, how could you, you know, I think I, I gave that, that match a grade of a B plus because all encompassing, I loved, including the swerve, I loved everything that happened. And people were like, can't, you know, you gotta factor in the crowd. Okay. But the crowd was set up to be swerved and the match they were booing and not paying attention to was pretty damn good from my standards because it was a beautiful disaster of carnage, which what we thought coming in. Let's not forget, Brock got speared over a table. Roman got dropped on his head like four times outside. And on no the one floor. was watching it. This, uh, well, guess what? I was watching it. Okay. And guess what? It was a fun ass match. It was like how good 31 was, but not as good technically, much more physical and violent. And you add that swerve ending on top. Look, not a perfect match. I can't give it an A or a four star rating or but whatever. You gave it a B plus. I mean, B plus is an extremely high grade for what we saw. For the crowd reaction, for, for the way it was booked, even though there was a swerve, that swerve was nice. I think, I think the swerve, you gave it like, instead of giving it from a B to a B plus, you gave it a letter grade. Like, I think that was a C plus match. Know, I, and that, that doesn't talk to effort. The guys gave it great effort, right? It was exciting. It was good. But, if the crowd doesn't buy into it, if the fans don't care, and dude, they the repaired fi- it. The fans cared when Brock won. Did you hear that pop? The f- so it just, wasn't just a full as disclosure. So, so last year covering WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, I'm in the press box covering it, an enclosed press box with glass windows. And, and to be honest with you, you don't feel like you're in the stadium. This year, we were in a in a press box in the silver in the sorry the silver dome. I just pulled the hole right <laughs> in the Superdome, but. It's exposed. There's no walls or windows covering us. Directly under the air conditioning, by the way. 40 degrees the entire it was, time. It was brutal there. That pop was a positive, happy thank you. It was, there was, there was hair to that pop. It was a little hairy pop because people were like, man, I hate Roman. So I'm going to, I'm going to double down on my happiness. But dude, like what else do you want from Vince there? Because that would have ruined mania. If Roman won predictably, not just predictably, right? Roman would have walked through hell to win that match. And he would have got booed out of that building. And I'm sorry, even Powers of Positivity Campbell could not have said this was a great mania or a top five mania or anything. Maybe you don't agree with the way Vince got the happy ending, but Vince got the happy ending. See, I don't think it was that happy of an ending because while they were booing Roman, they weren't cheering Brock throughout the match. And at the end, they didn't cheer Brock either. They just were, this was the, this was the reaction. Whoa, I didn't expect that. That was the reaction. It wasn't, whoa, I didn't expect that. That was awesome. That's what you want. The Shinsuke Nakamura turn, which I guess we'll get to momentarily, that was, whoa, I didn't expect that. Holy crap. I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to compute because I've been cheering Nakamura for so long. That's not what this was. That was, whoa, I didn't expect that. Oh, I guess Brock still has the title and, Oh, it wasn't oh. that, don't, don't give me that, don't oh. give me that malaise. It wasn't that, oh, and, it wasn't uh, that watered oh, down. And maybe we'll see him once, it, it once every six weeks. It wasn't Owen then. It was jaw dropped. Wow. They, they got me. So don't, don't try to, paint I don't think it, it was jaw dropped. Don't try though. to paint, paint it as, as you know, gray is my favorite color here. Don't, don't try to give me that. Give, this was, you know, this was, this was good stuff. This the, was a powerful. The only reveal. thing I'll say to give them credit, the match was really good. Like the physicality of the match was good, but you know how much I care about finishing maneuvers. And though, we talked about how this match was supposed to be built up with the F5 being so meaningful that no one's kicked out of it for a year. The guy's going to get f- kick out of four of them. So I don't love that, Bronze, but I will uh, say Brock, this. Brock's going to kick out of four spears back to back. I will say Roman is your Superman, though. He's just, he just main evented WrestleMania for the fourth year in a row. So if anyone's going to do it, I don't like that Braun gets pinned off of one. I surely don't like that. But look, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Roman at WrestleMania. And at least he finally went down. He went down. I mean, where do they go with him? Um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm exhausted from it. Like, like it didn't help that it was the end of a seven hour card and everyone was like looking for reasons to act out, you know, the fans. Um, and it came off of the Nicholas segment also, which like that was long and drawn out and took way too much time for being what it was. Yeah, man. How dare you bring I I honestly think, I honestly think the final three matches, and hopefully maybe we can transition here into the AJ Styles Nakamura. Maybe this is a little natural uh, move, but I think the last three matches were a letdown for completely different reasons in all three. Okay, but let's, let's define that letdown, okay? Was it lower than what we expected those three matches to be? Yes. But was it disappointing? Absolutely not. I was disappointed. Here's why I'll t- here's why I was disappointed. We built up, rightly or not, we built up Styles Nakamura to be match of the weekend, match of the year, match. Okay, well, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't speak for us. We didn't. We thought. I'm it saying would be we good. as in, I'm saying we as in wrestling fans, not right. you and I necessarily. The majority of wrestling fans said that smart wrestling fans. This is the match. They did it in NJPW. It's going to be in WWE, so it has to be awesome. This is going to be a five star match. How can it not be? It wasn't. It was it was fought with a strong style. It was not the type of match that you expected to get from AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. They gave us a swerve at the end. That swerve was awesome, and it added to it. But it wasn't the match that we expected. Braun Strowman situation. Everyone was prepared for a big reveal. WWE built it up that way. They didn't promise it, but they built it up that Rey Mysterio, even Big Show, Neville, whoever, Lashley, right? We were expecting something, and we got a kid in the crowd that while the crowd loved it, the crowd loved it. Me as someone who was like, well, look, I'm 33, like whatever. I'd rather see a star. I've been waiting to see for six hours was like, meh. Then we get the main event. And don't, like I don't said, dare and we already talked about that. I, I don't handle mess on this show. Meh, don't, don't, don't meh for on that. Go ahead. All right. Well, well you're bringing, you're putting a lot of, lot of dishes on the table. Now I got a sample. I was just, out. I was just kind of taking you through all the right, final l- three l- Let's go all. through this. Okay. AJ and, and, and Shinsuke. We expected an A level match. We absolutely did. I'm going to give it a B plus at the end. I know that's to the generous side, but here's what I'm going to say. Are you about including this. the aftermath? Yeah, of course I am. Okay. Here's what I'm saying about this. Every match can't be what the Intercontinental title triple threat opening was, right? Amazing. Fast-paced, amazing, spot-fest, but yet just really perfectly handled, right? I like that WWE didn't try to book every match that way. I like that the Rousey match was its own type of booking, and I thought it excelled in that type of booking. If this was contested in AJ Styles' style, for lack of a better word, or, or, or pace, maybe it could have pushed an A, but they decided to go in the direction of they're going to work Nakamura style. And if AJ is the Shawn Michaels that we a lot of times compare him to, he can work with anybody and pull out a great match. This wasn't a top-to-bottom barn burner. It started slow. It was deliberate. They took turns beating down each other. But I thought it did get to where it needed to get to in the end. Not enough to give it an A or a four-and-a-half star or whatever you want. They stuck with strong style, which if you really think about the lineage in the story... This is their rematch from Japan, so I'm actually okay with you mean, that. You mean the lineage and story they didn't discuss until the kickoff show? They finally brought what we needed on there. There's no question about that. But this match had intensity. This match had stiff strikes and stiff spots. And I think if you lower your expectations of what you thought it could have been and actually look at it for what it was, 
it was still a very entertaining match with a lot of passion and a lot of story and layer to it. And then, of course, when you add that reveal, the heel turn from Nakamura, the fact that there was so much respect shown to each other in the build, right? They wanted to protect each other and not hurt each other so that this match could be great. Yes, this match was a disappointment that it wasn't an A, but I don't think it was a letdown in the end because it was still, for the style of match that they tried to do, pretty damn good and then a great reveal at the end. So, again, WrestleMania 33, when it started to dip and it went low, it was Bray Wyatt and, and Randy Orton in an unforgivable match yeah. for the WWE Championship. This card did not get that low. I mean, maybe there are a couple matches you didn't like, but those matches that most people didn't like on 34 were designed for you not to like them. They were five-minute matches to get you to the next point. And one of those matches was Braun Strowman and Nicholas. Would I have preferred a much better reveal? Absolutely. But that match was the popcorn match to get us from Styles Nakamura to the main event, which means you have to have no expectations for what you're going to get from it, right? You're going to get four minutes of Naomi winning like last year, or you're going to get the rock pinning Eric Rowan in six seconds, right? You should have no expectations. Do I love Braun Strowman being presented as a white meat baby face and picking a kid out of the crowd? No, in theory, I hate that. But I do have to give in and say this for what that crap was. The crowd popped the crap out of it. The crowd ate that up. Nicholas was incredibly <laughs> over. And unlike David Arquette or even Jay Leno, he didn't put hands on anybody. It's not like he went in there and pinned somebody. And right? by the way, he played his role very well. He to played give his credit. role perfectly. Yeah. The crowd he loved did. it. I I hated this crowd during the main event. The rest of the show, I thought the crowd was a big part of why this show was awesome. Nicholas... Bro, you did it. You you brought it. I don't love that storyline. I don't love where it's going to go next. But every mania has a cheesy moment. So Nicholas in 2018 was John Cena proposing for Nikki Bella in 2017. So in this case, it is what it is. And for what they tried to do, they tried to appeal to kids and grandmas and moms and all that. They hit a home run. They hit another home run. So I don't think the last three matches was a dip or a disappointment. I thought for what it was. It still contributed to the whole thing being a top five mania and an entertaining seven hours where I never looked at my watch and was like, man, it's getting late. This is kind of sacrilege, but if if you flipped this WrestleMania card completely, like Lesnar reigns is first, Intercontinental title is last, it looks better. It just does. I I mean, look, I want to go back to Styles Nakamura, right? Because you're talking about contesting it in strong style and and how maybe our expectations were too high and so on and so forth but that's not unfair when wwe pushes something and they use it they overuse the term we know this but when they push it on us the dream match it's the only match on the entire card they called a dream match they know what fans want what they're looking for you can't have nxt takeover one night before and you have alistair black Andrade Cien Almas and Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Classics, right? Classic WWE matches that people will talk about, okay? And then have Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, which should be at least that same class, if not better, and it should be better, because you're talking about two world champions, right? World champion level competitors. And you can't tell me, well, well, they decided to contest it in strong style, so we, we should have lowered our expectations. Bull. I'm not saying you should have lowered. I'm just saying a, we expected an A. We got a B or a B plus. That's not like we got a C, right? That's not like they 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 they. WWE they never WWE never hit rock bottom at the at this WrestleMania. So because so that's what I'm saying. So 
any A's that drop to B's, overall, they still contribute to a really strong show. I get being disappointed that this one didn't steal the show, but it certainly didn't let the show down. And then you add that heel turn, man, that, look, that puts the, the, the frosting back on this cupcake. This was fantastic. See, it, people will, it really depends on how you felt about that Braun Strowman Nicholas situation because I enjoyed it. I got some laughs out of it. I understood what they were doing, but ultimately as a quote unquote critic, right? As, as this is what we do, I didn't like how that was presented. I, I wish they could have involved Nicholas in a different way and had Braun have a, have a legit non-comedy two-on-one match, which you know I always wanted in the first place. So you're, they almost kind of gave me what I wanted, except the match sucked. Like outside of Nicholas was good. The match sucked and Braun squashed a tag team and, and didn't even squash them like by dominating them. He just squashed them in like, a, like I said, a right, that's, that, that's actually affair. wrong. I'm going to take back your, your man. I'm going to tell you wrong. It was a four minute match. The three best. Braun wait, worked, hold on. No, second. Braun worked from underneath for more than half of that four minute match. So it really wasn't a squash. I don't, I don't mean squash. I mean, it was just crap. The match was crap. It wasn't good wrestling. But if you're going to believe one guy being able to do that, it's certainly Braun. We're, we're all kind of worn down from the bar being champions. Like they're great workers, but they've been, you know, in the spot. The three for a bit too best long. tag teams in WWE over the last 12 months got squashed tonight, basically. Right. But on a seven hour card where there were other really great matches, they were put in roles to serve a purpose. So the Usos, who are arguably my MVPs of 2017 in terms of character development, angles, uh, delivery, everything. The New Day, who are huge fan favorites and had incredible matches all year long with the Usos, were basically non-factors in WrestleMania at the hands of the Bludgeon Brothers, which I like both guys. The gimmick's ridiculous, right. and they just ran through them. Then you have the bar that has literally carried the Raw Tag Team division all year and Braun Strowman, who's been over as all hell all year, right? And I said... I would love it for Braun Strowman to carry both those straps and just dominate those guys. It basically it would, is. It would, Nicholas it, is not going to defend the no, belt. Obvi- obviously, but they did it in such a way that it was absurd. Like with Nicholas, if they didn't have that and he just came in and dominated those guys in a match. And yeah, even if he worked from under a little bit, but two on one and it was a good match. It's believable. You're like, whoa, Braun just got a major push. Instead, it was all a comedy angle. That's the problem. They were careful, though. They were careful not letting Nicholas get the pin. They were careful yes. not letting him, Jay Leno, come in there and, you know, punch Hulk Hogan and put him in an arm bar. So I'm okay with that. But he, but to, to finish on the tag team point, sure. whether you like the Bludgeon Brothers or not, they, they've conditioned you for two months now to believe that the, every time anyone touches the Bludgeon Brothers, they get squashed. And in the last few weeks, anytime either of the Usos or the New Day go near the Bludgeon Brothers, they get destroyed. So at least WWE's consistent in telling the story, which is Rowan and Harper repackaged or unstoppable. And I know I love the Usos and I love the New Day too, but they both just feuded for a year. So it's like, let's you know, if the, I'm not against this because that match couldn't be 20 minutes. There was no room for that match to be. No, 20 no, minutes. no. That the that match, if the Bludgeon Brothers were going to win, it had to be like that. And and it was. And you know what? I came away going, okay, that's the direction they're going. It was presented fine. And and, and to me, the same thing with Braun. I never would have wanted that. I never would have asked for that. But it took four minutes for us to get there, and. They're obviously they're setting Braun up to get a major, major, major babyface role, probably with a major belt pretty soon. So they shined up the babyface and they white meated him. And I don't think he should be in that spot. But when the crowd is going that sick, it's not like Cesaro got pinned by Nicholas. You know, it is what it is, right? It, it succeeded in their efforts to give you that one family friendly moment on the card. 
I suppose. What, what do you want to do here? Do you want to run through the rest of this WrestleMania card matches we did not touch on? Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's let's jump to that women's match that we teased off the top there, the Charlotte Flair Oscar one that came in the, in the second spot. Oh, okay. Um, because I think this is the next major story if we're going in descending order. I agree. This is a this was a women's classic. The, yeah, the two best workers in the company that are females that are not named Sasha Banks were out there, and you had a strong, not a strong build, but a strong presentation of undefeated record against your top female star, not named Ronda Rousey, and. For a match that was what, thirteen minutes, and it's hard to have a five star match in thirteen minutes. That was a five star effort from both of those, and that was a freaking fantastic match in which both women sold out. I thought it had the spot of the night, which was Charlotte's Spanish fly from the top rope on yep. Oscar, where you're like, "Holy crap!" And then you add in the emotion, and I don't normally pop for this, but the emotion of both of them crying in the ring, Oscar kind of cheesily putting. Charlotte over and them embracing, but I think those tears were more not about the storyline, but more about they realized that they went out there and they hit a absolute home run. And I know this is a point that you agree with because I talked to you, but eventually women are going to main event WrestleMania and they will deserve to be. And this match soon, I wouldn't want this match on this year as the main event because the other matches deserved it more. But if they had done it this year with these two, it would have been a home run. So hats off. And this was a big part of why this card was so good, this match in the second spot right here. It's the best women's match I've ever seen at a WWE pay-per-view. I, I say that, I don't say that flippantly either. I, um, so, so what, what it would have beaten then? A WWE pay-per-view, not NXT. Okay, so that it would have beaten the triple threat from 32, which was a yeah. great match. Yep. It would have beaten Sasha and Charlotte at, at, at a few other stops yep. in 2016. I think that's fair. Because those fair. matches were not contested the way that the, they fought in NXT. Very fair. And, and, and we can't always be comparing NXT matches versus WWE matches. It's different, and, and it, they really are different brands. But in terms of major match, major championship, what was on the line, I really, really wish they didn't end Charlotte's pay-per-view streak because that would have meant so you. much more going into this match. Like, And they did it in such a bad way, right, with Bailey beating her. Now, look, uh, the match was amazing. Um, the spots were great. I thought the Asuka saying that Flair was ready for her was extremely corny and completely unnecessary because you can give that same respect without words. Okay. And, and, and I did like the emotion from both of them, not necessarily crying, but showing the emotion and love for each other for, they set that match up. They planned it out and they pulled off exactly what they were going for. Just like you said, I loved all of that. She really didn't need to get on the mic. It was the rock raising Roman's hand and pointing to him. That's what it was. The reason it, why John I'm okay. Cena, that's unnecessary. It's, it's not, it's just, it's not needed. Well, here's why it might be needed and why I'm okay with it. They kind of ruined Charlotte since she went to SmackDown. We've been down that road a million times. Welcoming committee is the main purpose, the main reason. When Charlotte was feuding with Sasha in 2016, she was the star of stars. Since that point, she's slowly gone downhill. Not, not downhill where she's damaged or in need of repair, but it, you have, outside of Rousey, who's a special, still a special consideration at this point. She's a celebrity at this point. Charlotte's your star. Uh, so. Well, now she is. You know, and she, and she was, and now she's back to that. And this is the type of. She, she was the name. Now she's the star. They have crowned her. Yes. As the, she's the crown jewel of the WWE women's division. And you can argue, you know, should they have stopped the streak now? Here's what I'll say to this. They did that WrestleMania, which is the best place they should have done that. No question about it. They did it in a great match. So no question about it. And if we're really being honest here, 
how long could the streak have played out to where we would have accepted it when you consider that the last month and a half, Asuka beat every top name on Raw, on Raw, when it should have maybe been in a pay-per-view, stretched out over a whole year, they microwaved it. So in a way, that should have maybe tipped off to us that she was going to lose the streak. It didn't, but they gave you a microwave job of her beating everyone clean in a row impressively so that there was nobody else for her to beat but Charlotte. And then she proved that, look, in the hierarchy of WWE, Charlotte Flair, long-term, is going to be higher than late 30s Asuka, who's a great, unique all-timer. By the way, Asuka is an all-timer. She is. She is. But Charlotte's the more valuable commodity. Charlotte's going to win. I have no problem with that. No, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I just felt that the streak is special, and it defined Asuka. Now, granted, she's still never been pinned, and they can play that up for a long time. But she also doesn't really pin people, right? So she's a submission wrestler. Charlotte really doesn't pin people. She's a submission wrestler. So it's like, okay, you know, where where is that come into play? Um I just don't know what they do without that streak with Asuka. She's still dangerous, yes, and she's still dominant and so on and so forth. But really, where do they go with her? I question that. Well, and then I question... She'll win a title eventually, so you, you, you restart Hopefully. That. When it's I mean, time. When you, it's time. You hope so. You could switch her up. You could put her on SmackDown, you know, or switch brands to separate her from Charlotte. Uh, on SmackDown against the champion she just lost to to end her streak? That's the problem. You're right. Keep, well, keep, uh, hey. Keep her on Raw. Raw's the weaker champion at now the Now she goes after Jax. Yeah, that's possible. Um, but there's also the thing to be considered that we actually haven't talked about. And it's just a weird little footnote, maybe. Neither Royal Rumble winner won the title at WrestleMania, and I think that's relatively rare. I don't have the stats in front of me exactly. It seems extremely rare, and it seems weird, by the way, that Vince McMahon finally gives in to almost fans, gives Nakamura and Asuka the Royal Rumble wins, and then neither walk out as champion when people were wondering, and we got tweets about this, BC, after our preview show. They were asking us, would Vince McMahon really go with two Asian uh, <laughs> champions that can't necessarily speak well? Well... Guess what? No. But, you know, you, you, I don't hate on that, that we, he appealed to the smart fan on the build of Mania to keep us happy. You know, it, it wasn't great booking on the way to Mania, but the, but the people we wanted were in the spot we wanted them. It wasn't like we were like, why is this guy not getting pushed? So look, that's fine all the way. That puts a wrap on that women's match. I thought Rousey had the biggest pop of the night, but you know, because they played the high notes, they got it, but. You you sort of countered me and said, no, the biggest pop of the night really came from Daniel Bryan. And it did. It, it just, <sighs> look, when he, when the music hit, and they, they had a nice package before, by the way, which was pretty cool. Um, when the music hit, everyone just stood up. They were ready. They waited to see him. They popped. They waited for him to start doing the yes chant. They popped bigger. They waited for him to get to the top rope. They popped bigger. Got into the ring. Popped bigger. Then the match goes on. Obviously, we don't need to go through all the details of it. We'll, we'll discuss maybe the finish in a minute. But when he won and he and he went over to Bree, woman behind me crying. It was okay? a good moment. It was a good it, moment. It was a good moment. The entire as 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 hot as they were for Rousey, and they were hot for Rousey. Every single person, not every single person, sorry, ninety percent of the seventy-eight thousand people in that stadium were standing on their feet or standing on their chairs and throwing their fingers in the air and doing the yes chant. It just goes to show you how much WWE was missing with him on the sideline. All right, let me, let me pause it and put it to you like this. That was a great moment, and 
we're, we're how many minutes into this podcast before we're bringing up Daniel Bryan's name? Forty. Doesn't that explain to you that this was a great a great WrestleMania card for any remaining hater who listened to our show and is like, well, you're crazy? I mean, no, no, it doesn't because we I, at least I am playing counter to you in some way. I'm giving a lot of criticism for that forty minutes. That that moment was huge, and there were a lot of huge moments. But just because they're big doesn't mean they're great. I don't know how to that. Just because they're big, they're big and memorable, and that that didn't even factor into our top five headlines, basically from this. That's I fair. mean, in reality, maybe it should have been, but still, it just shows you there's a lot going on in this card. And it was awesome. This was a big part of that because this Daniel Bryan return could have been the Rousey spot on the poster if they if they booked this or planned this differently, right? And it was almost a hidden inner storyline. And spoiler alert. Look, I'm not going to tell you this match again was a five star match. It wasn't. It wasn't. But I really liked this match, and I was really entertained by it. And I thought it was booked really strong. Maybe you would have preferred seeing Daniel Bryan in the ring active for all 15 minutes plus that this match went on. But I thought him getting attacked early on and having needing medical attention sort of added something to that. Can Shane fight off the two heels by himself when he's coming off of injury? And certainly it set up the fiery comeback, the hot tag to Daniel. And when Brian came in to deliver his greatest hits, basically, dude, every hit was a hit. Every hit was monster. It didn't look like he was three years removed from the ring. It looked awesome. And I, I you know, I caught the feels at the end, like you mentioned with Bree. I like the crap out of this match. I'm, I'm not going to, again, I think it was, it was a B match. It wasn't, it wasn't next level, but it hit all the right notes. It, hit, it did what it needed to do, even if it was questionable possibly surprising that the heels are now all you know they're fired that's that's the result well they're fired from smackdown they've made that very clear so guess what they'll be on raw monday or next monday right not not that huge of a shocker there um what what it did was it accomplished the goal of getting daniel bryan in a match at wrestlemania that people cared about with performers who not only are quality wrestlers but could help I don't want to use the word protect him because you're not clearing someone who needs protection, but ensure that everything goes smoothly in his first match back. He looked really good. I loved that he, for five seconds, sold an injury. Yes. I don't know. Not everyone caught that. I, I tweeted about it, and people were like, what are you talking about? I love that moment. But he was laying there. He grabbed his head. Yeah, missile drop kick off the top rope. Right. It's hard bump. Hard bump. Hard bump. And, and he hit back. His head didn't bounce off the canvas, but it bounced. And you saw him grab it, and I was like, Oh no. And then three, four, five, spring up. And I was like, boom, there he Hip is. Hip up right into, Hip right up, into right motion. Up, yeah. Fi- fired up from that. Look, that, that's a good, good, good little piece of business. And yes. it got what you wanted, which is the Dan O'Brien yes chat. And yeah, that may have been the pop of the night. Uh, I'd love to go rapid fire on the rest of this, well, but, I, but uh, there's, look, one there's of too the... many storylines not to. And I think the one was the one you were going to talk well, about. Well, before we go, we can go rapid fire, I think on the rest of the card. But there's two I want to make sure we point out and, and talk a little bit more about. The Undertaker John Cena. That's the uh, that's the last remaining like. I have one more after that, but Undertaker John Cena. So for those, you know, I don't think we need to break it down necessarily. But do you think? Let, let's put it this way: Do you think the reveal and how it played out was worth the last four or whatever weeks of John Cena calling out the Undertaker that initially was really hot and got extremely stale? Okay, you know, coming in, I'm not a not a Taker Mark. You know, coming in, I'm certainly not a taker plus 50 years old, Mark, where, where it's like Patrick Ewing in a Supersonics jersey. So I'm, I'm predestined not to like this. Everything short of the actual match between Taker and Cena, which was just short of three minutes, I came around and loved. The fact that they put John Cena in the crowd on the kickoff show and every match into had the main some, card had some sort of callback to him in the crowd. 
I didn't even mind when the referee whispered in his ear and he's running back up the ramp after Asuka Charlotte. I thought they stretched out this story and it made a lot more sense of what happened the last few weeks and it made John Cena look better the last month on, on, you know, on Raw and SmackDown, the times that he's come out. And everything about this was great except for the booking and the psychology and the absolute max. I thought it was a fail that we did not see American Badass Taker when it just seemed to make sense that we would have, especially when Taker's clothes appear in the middle of the ring while Cena's on the ramp and they light on fire. That shows you that's the end of the Taker character. You know, the guy who died against Reigns last year and, and deserved to be put out to pasture in retirement. So it would make sense if he came back as American Badass, but whatever, they didn't do it. Taker's 53. He had hip surgery. In two minutes and 45 seconds, you know what? He looked really good, Adam. Really good. I'll give him that credit. Not good enough where I want to see him again, no. But he looked really good. But why the hell? Why? Why the hell would John Cena job to him in that fashion? John Cena losing to him is a company man doing a great move to a legend in Taker. If this is Taker's last match, go out on your own terms. Here you go. But John Cena jobbing in less than three minutes to 53-year-old Taker? What the hell is the point? So it seemed, I wish the match went, if, if Cena was going to lose in that type of fashion, I wish the match went six or seven minutes. He got some offense in and it just proved that he was, he was not expecting Taker to actually accept his challenge at that late of a juncture. He was completely unprepared. Whatever the case might be, Taker got the best of him, wins the match. I don't care that it was short. I think three minutes was ridiculous. I think Undertaker being that dominant was ridiculous. That said, I thought Taker looked great in the ring. Um, I'm glad he came back and was there for the moment. The crowd popped huge. I do think there's another match left. I think it's going to be a rematch next year, or if not next year at WrestleMania, at SummerSlam. But that hip surgery did him wonders. He looked night and day better than he did a year ago. He and did, I'm gonna... but do you really want to build toward another match? Unless you go so deep on the storyline of Cena but doubting himself. But, but like... that's the storyline they've been building, okay? He has lost every major match he's been in. He didn't have a WrestleMania opponent. As stupid as that was, because he could have entered the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and he could have done a million other things. Obviously, if John Cena asked Vince, hey, Vince, I'd like to wrestle at WrestleMania, Vince would say, of course, John, I'll get you on the card somehow, you know? So that was all ridiculous, that part of it. But the fact that he kept losing, he's not in title contention anymore. He has, was he, have 16, right? He, he needs 17 yes. to, to meet Ric Flair. He's nowhere close to that right now. They need to build up to that because he's obviously eventually going to get Here's it. There's a problem with Th- that. There's obstacles in his way, and this is one of them. And he and he can't beat anyone, let alone The Undertaker. Well, or, or can he? Because guess who's one of your hottest prospects right now? Elias. And guess who basically squashed Elias? John Cena. Moments before getting squashed by Taker. Not like in a match, though. No, but the that's bell didn't the same, ring. But you know what that is? That's the same thing as Kane destroying Finn Balor only to get destroyed by it's, Braun and Lesnar. No, it it's just, not, it, no, it's it not just, the same. It, it just doesn't make it's any sense. It's not the sense. same, but going away from the match, and since we are hitting this quick, I didn't like, I loved John Cena in the crowd, and I went nuts for the referee coming over to him, speaking in his ear, and him charging up the ramp, as Charlotte and Oscar are still there, so it wasn't in a break. They didn't put a spotlight. They, it was natural. It seemed real. I loved that part of it. That, to me, saved the last two weeks on Raw and, right. and how much they screwed this and up. I got one more tiny criticism. I wanted an American Badass Taker because I wanted to have a reason to really love It should have been thing. American Badass Taker. Um, Triple H, you came out on a motorcycle last year, and it was cool. It was your thing for that year, right? Every year you have something. You have skulls or you have a whatever. Yes. You have something. You didn't have to go back to the well, to the motorcycles this year, and do the same thing over again. Do you know what it told us? It told us that we're not getting American Badass Taker, and it, it didn't need, 
It just you didn't need to take that off the board so early. Triple H, you have the budget and the creativity to do anything you want. And by the way, I love Triple H. I love him. Okay, do something different than motorcycles for the second year in a row. Okay, that's all I gotta say. I don't th- see. I just didn't think those motorcycles negated the ability for the Undertaker to do it. Different cycle by himself. It should have been American Badass. I thought the stuff with the hat and gloves in the ring was really smart to lead into Kid that. Rock there made sense. They right? literally did every single thing right. Until he entered as the regular Undertaker. And why would you induct Kid Rock? Not that I wanted a Kid Rock concert, no. but why would you induct him in the Hall of Fame and then not have, him, not have him perform? You're, right? you're a thousand percent right. The All only right. other match I want to talk about in, in just a little bit of detail before we do very quick hitters on the rest is that Intercontinental Championship, okay? It opened the show hot fire, okay? every All three of them looked great. You had Finn Balor donning the, uh, what is it, the forever... You know, for everyone, whatever, whatever yeah, the hell everyone, it is. For everyone, but with the letters capitalized to make it, to have over spelled. Right. Out. Extremely cool. All the fans, you know, of, of different genders and uh, sexual orientations, whatever the case behind him. Really cool. Seth Rollins looking like a White Walker at a, at a Game of Thrones. Really cool. Miz, I don't know what he was, Wait, is but. It, is WWE woke now? Now that we got, we got Finn Balor in, in rainbow colors and we got, uh, uh, basically, we got uh, Nia Jax uh, talking about body shaming. Like they're, they're finally and, and Sonya Deville being like completely open with yeah. everything. Like uh, it's good. It, it's it's a necessary step. But that's all the external stuff. The match was Great. sick. Great match. What did you grade this on our results? By the way, you can read those on CBSSports.com. Uh, this is an A minus, and it was a beautiful match. Look, it's 15 minutes, so uh, for it to be a, a perfect match, it would have to be a little bit longer. But I actually like the removal of the Miz Taraj off the start. It did yep. tell you that Miz is going to lose. Yep, right away. But when you take away the clunkiness of what interference does, interference is needed in certain matches to set things up. It wasn't there. And for the Miz being the worst worker of the three, he really sold out and played his role perfectly. And what you had was move after move, somebody coming in to rescue somebody else from getting pinned, somebody coming in with a finisher on top of somebody else's finisher. It was an absolutely beautiful match. And that opening match, is supposed to set a tone. And we sort of had a throw around discussion of, you know, what are the greatest WrestleMania openers to really set that tone? And to be honest, we've seen most of them recently. AJ versus Shane last year was great. Daniel Bryan, Triple H at 30 was great. This has to be in that discussion. And by the way, shout out to 24, JBL, Belfast Brawl against Finley. Shout out to that <laughs> one, because I love that WWE WrestleMania opener. But hey, nothing else to say, but this was fantastic. It, it really was fantastic. And I, I do think the right person to go over would have been Finn Balor, but you're not going to get any argument from me, obviously, about Seth Rollins, who, after being a little tentative in the ring for a couple months initially when he came back, and he's been great for a long time, but this guy, he's back at the top of his game. He did the swinging uh, after winning the Intercontinental Championship, playing back to WrestleMania, you know, the last time it happened, um, you know, when he cashed the money in the bank. Just incredible. That match was so damn good. I'm okay with that being a 4.5 star match. Really fantastic. I'm going to tee you up, BC, to run through the rest of these so we can get through this WrestleMania card, talk about a couple other things. Raw Women's Championship, we can't really go past this. Alexa Bliss losing the title to Nia Jax. Nia Jax in dominant fashion in this match, looking extremely good in my opinion. I never thought this match would go 10 minutes, and it was great. I loved Mickey James getting beat up off the start. I loved the finish with the Samoan drop off the second rope. I love Bliss's twisted Bliss off the top rope outside. Look, this match completely overachieved, and and for this is one of the better built matches. So to see it come through with a you know with a match that mattered and something we didn't really touch on, nobody cashed in. Carmella did not cash in. It's certainly in play for they Monday, teased it Monday too or much Tuesday. I mean, you know, I guess that was the point of them teasing it yeah. too much. But uh, 
Yeah, man. Nia Jax, uh, we talked to her on Radio Row this week. We and, did. and the fans are going to be able to hear all of our conversations. And she was awesome. She was awesome. It's hard not to like fall in love with her when you talk to her. Like yeah. She's a solid, genuine person. Yep. I'm very happy for her. I love this match. Absolutely. United, and just I completely agree with literally everything you just said. United States Championship. Randy Orton, obviously, against Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, and Rusev. Rusev, BC, received the num- the first chance at TakeOver before the show started. The first chance <laughs> before the kickoff show started at WrestleMania. Yes. The first chance before the main card started at WrestleMania. And obviously, like we mentioned earlier, in the main event, he got pinned clean by Jinder Mahal to become the new United States All champion. All right. Of course, I wanted Rusev to win. But you can't have a night filled with great moments. So Rousey had a great babyface moment. Daniel Bryan had a great babyface moment. Brock Lesnar, indirectly, oddly enough, weirdly enough, closed the show with kind of a babyface moment because pe- people hate Reigns that much. So a heel has to win in a spot that you didn't want it to. Here's what I'll say about this match. This match was destined to be the worst match on the card. And it came in at the number three spot to open the card after two killers. Killers. But you know what they did, right? They made it short at eight minutes, and they made it action-packed with spot after spot after spot. Really good booking. I don't want Jinder Mahal with a belt anymore, but he's a really good heel. If he's going to have to have a belt, make it the U.S. belt. Well, massive heel heat on Jinder Mahal for this, and this is what he should have had all along. Um, This is the belt that Jinder should have had. We've discussed it on the show. When WWE made Jinder that match, they had the number one contendership, and they made it for the WWE title instead of the U.S. title. That's where they ruined their booking. Jinder as U.S. champion, I'm fine with it. You know why? Because the U.S. champion is not the WWE champion. It's not the standard bearer for your entire brand. So I had no issue with that whatsoever. The problem is he didn't need to pin Rusev. He could have pinned Bobby Roode. Orton is usually very good, doesn't mind doing the job. He could have pinned Orton with multiple people, you know, making that happen so it looks not so clean. Whatever the case is, he pinned the one guy who is getting massive Massive cheers all show long. This is typical troll booking by Vince McMahon. Well, uh, look, and I don't it feel was. like I need to d- defend Vince, even though I'm really happy with what he did tonight. But look, he they elevated Rusev to this match at the last minute because he's so over and he's doing well. And then had him take the fall. Yes, but they teased you into believing he was going to win. He was about to put the accolade on him on on uh, I think it was Rude to end the match. So. Th- that's why the swerve works because Rusev was about to win. He gets distracted by Sunil Singh on the apron and then Jinder heel. So to make the Jinder heel victory extra hurtful, the people that didn't want it, he's got to beat Rusev to you, make it. Work. You know what else they could have done? He could have been doing the accolade. Um, Jinder could have come up behind him, hit the Coloss, thrown him out of the ring, done it again to Bobby Roode or whoever pinned him. But like, here's what it he didn't up, have though. to take the fall. Well, I want him to take the fall if it sets up a gender Rusev feud, which it certainly should. And then Rusev's going to end up with the belt in the end. So it kind of makes sense because Rusev should be mad at him. Rusev was going to win that match. Sunil Singh gets on the apron, screws everything up. It's a distraction. If we get that feud, you're right. It would be awesome. But Randy Orton has a rematch clause, doesn't he? And Bobby Roode yeah, probably. What, uh, yeah, what are they going to we'll do? See. Okay. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship. We basically already talked about. Um, Raw, we talked about that. Let's talk about. The Cruiserweight Championship match on the kickoff show. Cedric Alexander, I wish we had the theme music. I popped for the theme music again against Mustafa Ali. Cedric, it looked like Mustafa Ali was going to win that match. Cedric Alexander, my boy, came through in the end. Love this match. Look, love it. 12 minutes, but they brought it. It, it was just as good as the Neville Austin Aries Mania undercard match from last year, which was a great feud and a heck of a match at Mania. I think it was better. 
You know, it might have been, you know, Apple store, apples or whatever, right? They're like both great matches. Not a lot to say about it other than great representation on the mania card of what 205 Live is when it's at its best and where it's going. So happy to see that. Absolutely. Uh, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Basically, the whole crux of it was Bray Wyatt returned looking yeah. slightly different, not completely different. Uh, helped eliminate, who was it? Uh, I don't remember. Baron Corbin. Right. So, like, this was a jobber fest. We didn't get any NXT guys. We didn't get any 205 guys. So, the surprising part about the booking was it was all it was all mid card and jobbers for the most part, or tag teams that like like the the Good Brothers who we love that didn't have a spot in the card. It wasn't a great match, but good reveal at the end. Hardy gets a rub when he's hot. So happy with happy with it. It's a good and it, business. And it was nice that they didn't consider Bray Wyatt entered into the match so that they could just like Matt Hardy was looking around like, oh, did I win? He won. They celebrated. It's cool. It makes you think. I'm excited to see what happens oh, yeah. between these two going forward. Just as much as you want to see Bray within the broken universe, you want, or woken universe, you want to see him eventually get woke and, 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 and swerve and break free and restart the Wyatt family. We're going to have some fun with it. Right. This. Like I'm actually interested to see where they go with it. And they helped do that at WrestleMania on the kickoff show. That's very cool. And then you had the WrestleMania women's battle royal. Um, we've already discussed the trophy and how ridiculous it is. <laughs> I think the match was better than it possibly could have been anticipated for one reason. They featured a ton of NXT women fresh faces that fans can now recognize, and when they do get introduced into WWE, they're not completely unfamiliar. Oh, yeah, true. I like that. But also, they had some really top-name stars in here as well. So oh, I think yeah. that's part of what made it good. Sure. Uh, yeah, this was better than the men's battle world. I thought this was actually really well-booked as a match in terms of it's hard to make battle royals look good. But they had really thought out, well thought out spots. Certainly the Bailey Banks was the, the main hook on here. I love the swerve finish because I did get swerved. I thought Bailey won it and I was like, all right. Bailey almost basically did a heel turn. She wouldn't shake Shasha's hand. And then to have Naomi come in and, and, and sort of give you that one next level. I, you know, Naomi doesn't move me. Her winning this probably doesn't mean anything, but good piece of business. And I, that happened a lot. So Adam, once again, to sort of put a bow on it, any point in this card that I didn't love, Still was a pretty good piece of business, and they did it well. I, I don't think there's sore thumbs on this Mania card. I, I hate the Battle Royals. I think they're unnecessary. I'd rather have matches. But I would be lying if I didn't tell you I thoroughly enjoyed the entire kickoff show. I thought they gave us good moments at the end of those, and even a couple little nuggets in the middle of both of them. Um, and I have a sneaking suspicion that for as critical as I was, about Bailey, Sasha Banks, and how they're throwing away this massive rivalry, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if this is the beginning of a build with these two. If they can get the title involved, if one of them can take it off Nia Jax, main eventing SummerSlam in Brooklyn. I think it's possible. Uh, no, and if it's not, not main eventing. Not, I love the connection with NXT. I love the connection with Brooklyn, which is NXT's home there. But, but if, but if no. not main eventing, co- no. Top four match on the All car. right, co-top four match, it, but, but, I mean, SummerSlam is still valuable real estate, so. It is. So, if it's gonna be women, it's unfortunately not gonna be those two. It's gonna be Rousey or Charlotte or, or, or Probably true, especially considering. Love the sentiment, though. Especially considering, like, Sasha can't keep a title for more than six days, and they just have never really bought into Bailey. It, it, fine. You know what? I overstated it. It's late, okay? It's after WrestleMania. I'm a little juiced up. A match on the Brooklyn card one on one. Get me there. All right, okay. look, great mania. I thought it was top five. Then you have to say, okay, BC, what the heck does that mean? What do you think? It's in, it's in, you know, look, everyone loves WrestleMania 17 is the best. I certainly love WrestleMania 30. 
31, I think is, is completely underrated. I have huge heart sentiment spots for WrestleMania 3 and 24. If you love any WrestleMania around 17 during that great attitude run, I have no problem with that. But 34 is in that company of top five. It's not a perfect WrestleMania. It's not a contention to be the best, but it's really right in that, you know, one, one B, one C area, uh, you know, looking in on the best ever as a strong ass card. That's really, that's really the perfect way to put it. The disappointment for me that I feel probably more than anything else to put a bow on all of this is when I, like I said, when I left the press box to go down to the seat, I, I really thought, Wow, we know what's still to come. And this, at that point, it was the best WrestleMania I had ever seen. And I legitimately believed it match by match by match. I was like, I can't believe how good this is, how much they've come through. And because all those other things didn't live up to expectations, rightfully or not, that is why it's 1B, 1C, and not just the overall, yes, this was the best card I've ever seen. And the disappointment is that it could have been. It legitimately could have been because that's how strong the card was. I think, BC, we would be remiss if we did not close this by discussing what we thought, at least I think, sorry, I don't want to speak for you here, what I thought was the best show of the weekend, NXT TakeOver New Orleans on Saturday night in the Smoothie King Center. Yeah, yes, spoiler alert here, it's the best takeover of all time. Straight yes, up. it is. It's hot fire, and if it wasn't, you know, uh, 2.14 a.m. right now as we record this little inside And that's central you, time, by the on way. On central time, I would be so fired up that I'd be kicking tables over to tell you that the experience that we had, and, and we had, a, we had really nice seats. We were working, but we had really nice seats. The experience we had in that arena, specifically that ladder match to start it off with the North American title. Incredible. I, I'm not sure I've had better live wrestling experiences. And I know that Nick Costos and I want to tell you that four-way that closed SummerSlam last year, that beautiful disaster of a car wreck was everything. This ladder match was better live it for was. NXT. And this card was awesome. And you look at the simplicity of five matches. It went three hours. It was long for a takeover, but five matches where each match has room to breathe for the most part. I mean, we got a 31-minute match to open it, a 37-minute main event, compared to a seven-hour mania show. I do prefer what the NXT is offering you, because it's a little bit more stripped down. It's a little bit about the wrestling. You can certainly say what was better, Saturday or Sunday night. It's pretty hard, because Sunday night was so good. But this Saturday night thing, Adam, is so good. This takeover thing... That it's either going to become a problem for WWE because it's so good and it's going to overshadow some, you know, not every year. It's probably not going to overshadow Mania most times, but the times that TakeOver is on a Saturday and Insert Pay-Per-View card is on a Sunday, a lot of times that Saturday is going to be the best. So that's either going to be a problem for WWE or it's going to be a good thing that Sunday might start looking a lot more like Saturday. I will say that it did not overshadow WrestleMania because WrestleMania was good enough. That it said, this is different. You may have liked it more in terms of just the purity of professional wrestling and being a fan, but we delivered enough to say, yeah, you're not, you're not taking my spot in terms of big news story. That said, it's the best takeover I've, I've ever been to, the best one I've ever seen. And, and we said that on Twitter and a lot of you came back to us and said, well, what about this one and that one? And you know what? They were all great. That's the thing. Yeah. That this is, the is thing. this is not a definitive ranking. But I can tell you that the North American Championship match, I, I want to tell you it's the best match I've ever seen live. I don't think it is because 
there's many others I can think about. Well, so it's always going to be hard to compare a six-person ladder match to a regular singles, yeah. you know, built-in feed. But. I think it. I think it was the most excited I've ever been watching a match. Like the the ladder falling over, and maybe are we going to get into this granular on Wednesday show? Is that the plan? I, I don't know if we have a perfect spot to do it, but maybe maybe we'll do that because I I want to get into some of the specifics. But I I, I just want to tell you two highlights, okay? The ladder, like, as good as that ladder match was with the incredible spots with Killian Dane and all the things that happened, the genius of a ladder tipping over and Ricochet, what was, was it a shooting star? What was that? He did a moonsault off of a a falling ladder. Off a falling ladder is one of the smartest wrestling things I've ever seen. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't want to hear an argument from you. That's a five star match. Oh, you're you're damned right that's a five star match. Um, By the way, we think this is the best takeover ever. Shout out to WWE for f- finally understanding how their relationship with media should be. Now sure. that more outlets are are covering WWE as if it's a real sport, not covering it non kayfabe, but covering it with the you know the type of uh, coverage that you would a real sport. And uh, WWE had a press conference afterwards with Triple H uh, for you know for select I guess select media whatever in a press conference room inside the Smoothie King Center that that would you know that the New Orleans Pelicans would hold and it was awesome and to be able to go around the horn and ask Triple H questions I asked him you know people think this might be the best ever what did you think and he had sort of a a smile come across his face I don't think it's something that he thought about in that moment but he certainly loved that the fans you know jumped on it and outside of any criticism he had for a couple of production quirks. This may have been a perfect card, and this certainly was a perfect match to open it. So perfect that it almost overshadowed the rest of the card. It did. But, like, I thought, you know, Ricochet, who we all think is going to be a star of stars down the road, was the MVP of this match. He may have been the MVP of the night. He may have been the MVP of the weekend, and I know that's insane to say, but this was his real debut. I mean, I think he had one NXT match before this, but this was, name a better coming out party, name a better debut moment than anyone's ever had ricochet carried this match and this was a match filled with guys who had great i mean killian dane who i don't even love had a oh, no. showcase lars sullivan who i certainly don't love Correct. had a showcase in this one adam cole was incredible ec3 in his actual debut match was incredible velveteen dream who we're not even really going to talk about much in this <laughs> match insane. was incredible yet ricochet was the star of stars in this match wow he was like, just he was so incredible to watch and i'll be honest i don't necessarily know that I had seen a full ricochet match. I've seen gifts. I've seen clips. Seeing this guy perform, it started with that first springboard off the top rope. It was actually a little like clunky, whatever. But starting with that, I go, all right, yeah, he's everything everyone said, and, and it was that legitimate. Um, what I really took away from this match, Adam Cole, is so much better than I thought he was. Yeah, despite and, the size, right? Despite the size, and he's so much more over than I thought he was. The most over person on this entire card, I actually think, even maybe over Johnny Gargano, is Velveteen Dream. People love that he's totally homegrown, natural, just that good. It's so young. He got cheered. Adam Cole was the right person to win this title. The the finish was perfect. Every single thing that happened in this match, it was perfect. And like, you just knew it. The crowd reaction was so awesome that we are only talking about this match right now. Brian, an awesome card. Andrade Cien, I don't, why do we want to get you to get there yet? Because I want to tell you this. The best okay, moment of this match, there's probably, there was like five amazing spots in this match. I'm not even going to tell you a spot. I'm going to say the best moment of this match, when Ricochet and Velveteen Dream were on a ladder that was suspended between a, the turnbuckle and a ladder, 
And they didn't end up doing a big spot, but the crowd yelled, please don't die. Please don't die. <laughs> and the reason why that was awesome, because I'm a revolution guy. There's something I love about NGPW, the next level of physicality, the daredevil moves, the fact that they do moves that you literally are afraid somebody's going to break their neck. This was an NJPW match within WWE with the creativity of the WWE ladder match, which which they do a lot better than, you know, than, than NXT, certainly these type of gimmick matches. This was as physical and scary a match on WWE outside of like prime Nick Mick Foley, you know, runoff of ECW era that I've ever seen. Like this was perfect in the danger and the risk that these guys are willing to take. You know how I feel. This confirmed it. And I, I believe this wholeheartedly. This is not trolling. This is not me being a bad guy. NXT is better than NJPW. It, it just, uh, it just, nah. no, 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 it, no, no. It just is. Because even though you'll watch an NJPW card and they build you match by match and they get better and better and they're really, really talented and really, really good. It's basically one style of match. Yes, you'll have a Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho match. Yes, Kenny Cody. Yes, you'll have these types of matches, but generally they feel the same across the board. This card, every match felt completely different. And this ladder match, man, you want to talk about milk of marknesia and underjuice and feel spot? It was all wrapped up in one. I'm, I'm, I literally. Okay, you're fired up. Do you remember when I'm we were fired in, up? We were bro. waiting for Triple H in the uh, press conference room, and I was like, "I want to do an hour podcast right now on that ladder match." You, you could just do go it. spot by spot. It was amazing. Look, there were five matches on this card. It closed with Gargano Champa, and I want to say this: in the end, it was 37 minutes. Like, holy crap! In the end. I gotta give these guys due. At worst, it was an A minus match. Okay, in at the worst. end, it got us there. And I'm I haven't watched the broadcast back yet. And I heard Moro Ronaldo was amazing, and I can't wait to watch that. I will say I was slightly disappointed. Like we wanted Styles Nakamura to be an A plus match, and it was a B plus, and people were mad. I wanted this to be an A plus 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 like six star Kenny Omega match, and the fact that it just came up short and wasn't perfect from start to finish. Uh, this, uh, it's, well, it's, you I'm wanted, like a rich kid complaining I lost money, but I, I, I was a little bit. You wanted a brutal version with probably the same finish of their cruiserweight classic match. Yeah, you're right. Cruiserweight classic match was like nine minutes of perfection. I wanted a thirty minute match. Had you never that. seen that match, this would have been an, a full A match for you because you saw that and you know what they're capable of in that style of wrestling. You, this was a disappointment for you. I saw that match also. Obviously, it was very good. This match, like. The ladder match, North American Championship, A+. plus. This was an A match, because even though there were those down moments that you say, quote-unquote, down, it was an unsanctioned match. It was not meant to be a Cruiserweight Classic inside the ropes, squared circle match. This this match delivered exactly what it was supposed to be. One of the moments of the entire night, of the entire weekend, was when Gargano powerbombed Ciampa off the apron onto the concrete, and the fans started chanting, not chanting, sorry, screaming, (laughs) you deserved it. Okay, there were FU Champa chants yes. that I don't know if they made it to the network, even though I watched it. I was drowsy. It was late. Okay, they were ringing in the arena. It was one of the best NXT matches of all time. And I say that because the best NXT match of all time might have been the one that opened the show at 8 p.m. Look, I, seriously, I mean, I, I think we we had a debate just recently that the uh, Gargano uh, almost match from January may have been the best the, sorry, NXT match. Sorry, all right. I, I got to correct but, myself. But I guess yeah. but my point to that sorry. is like, I'm not sure if that ladder match wasn't better. Like, seriously, like, it's different styles, but it was... It was different styles, but I, I really do want to correct myself. 
Almost Gargano is the best NXT match of all time. I, I just I'm in the moment and I forgot. But they are different styles and they and they were both five stars, like just yeah. different. Yeah, and 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 I don't want to look past this this co-main event, which could easily close the show, and that's Alistair Black seeing Almas. <laughs> and look, that's a freaking awesome match. And it was, it was 18 so minutes, good. and it was physical, and it was intense, and it escalated properly, and it was it, it could almost get swallowed up in how good the letter imagine the closer was. And these guys both emptied the tank and like you know black didn't need to win the belt but it, everything just seemed to work out perfectly and Zelina vega was a star what else can you say about it it was, it was very cool I, I mean like i said we maybe we get granular at a later date but i loved that she helped cost because as great as she's been for him her involvement that's such smart booking and storytelling and he was able to hit the black mass without hurting her like it's just so good. The the writing, the storytelling, the match quality is so good. Triple H, you know, he was candid in that backstage discussion with us. And he wasn't talking about this match in particular. but And I, I did notice some of these during the show. There were production issues that happened during the show. And it wasn't perfect. This was not a perfect event. But we just talked about the top three matches on the card. And you're talking like five, 4.75, 4.5 stars. Yeah. Let, like, that's why it's better. That's why, at its best for me, NXT is better than New Japan Pro Wrestling. Well, uh, it yeah. just is. Okay, it does. For it me. does. Again. It does the show better. The show, like, like the live music at the NXT card was incredible, right? Like, it was incredible. But let's just not forget one thing: NJPW's top five percent of workers are better than any other group of top five percent in the world. Like, I love NXT. I think it's the best. It might be the best promotion pound for pound. But no one touches on JPW's high notes. Nobody. Oh, well, and that's why the revolution is a thing, because nobody touches their well, high notes. I'm going to apologize to our li- who our dear listener who took the time out to send us both a tweet after that show saying that, hey, BC, uh, there were actually a couple listeners that said, I'd never watched NXT before until I listened to your interview with Mauro Ronaldo and your preview. And that got them to watch, which, by the way, that means a lot to both of us. That was really cool. OK. And they both they all said that they were hooked. We also got one that said, ABC, uh, that revolution you were talking about, NXT just killed it. And I'll give you a shout out on Wednesday show, whoever you are. I'll have to go back through my mentions. But I love that. I popped so hard. I like was well, he mentioned He mentioned Ricochet killed it. And that's right. They, okay. They, they, they took Ricochet from the revolution and he's a star of stars. But like, let's be honest, NXT went up against the Ring of Honor card. It didn't go up against Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. So like NJPW, again, when they hit the high notes, I don't think anybody could touch them. Another so debate that, for another time. So that's fine. But I, and tell me if I'm wrong unanimously in our mentions they said that we made the right people that watched both we did, we did. they said they told us we made the right choice i, I think it's right and we'll get to cody kenny later this week when, when i have the time to watch it and break it down but um yeah i mean cody kenny was the match i wanted to see all weekend but that rh card on paper right. was not competing with nxt any day of the week real quick to get us out of here there's only two matches on the entire week and we really didn't talk about nxt tag team championship Roderick Strong with obviously the swerve, swerve at the end. Great swerve. Amazing, right? That's all you have to say. It was perfect. Fantastic. Was perfect. Although, and by the way, they are now a faction. Thank you everyone for tweeting me that, but they still are all the exact same size. And then the NXT Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler, uh, just basically dominating kind of. I like that, Matt. Dude, when she grittily, when she, how gritty do you have to be to, to sit on the apron? Just like scream in pain and then jam your own shoulder. Even if that, even if that was completely kayfabe, which I'm sure it was. I think it was, yeah. It was, Beautiful. It was like Shayna Baszler knows who she is and knows how to be awesome. This wasn't the the best NXT women's match ever, but it was gritty and I loved it. So so it, on a, on a on a perfect night, it was what it needed to be at twelve minutes. She had to have exceeded expectations. And I'm going to wrap up. This was not. I mean, we didn't plan any of this, but last thing I want to mention, we did go 
to that WrestleCon Super oh, Show. Let's talk about okay? that, please. Just real quick. So it was a really good show, all things considered, right? But we are sitting there, and you probably saw us tweeting. They gave us, as surprises, Whew. Jerry the King Lawler in an Andy Kaufman-esque segment with Joey Ryan on the 35th anniversary. Lights crotch on fire. Fantastic. They gave us Ace Tanahashi. They gave us Minoru Suzuki. Are they gave you us Juice me? Robinson. And Juice Robinson. Us... Okay, but I love him, but he doesn't compare to oh, I those guys. I mean, seriously, like, we got Minoru Suzuki and Ace Tanahashi in the same match, and then after the match ended, it was a six-man tag. They did an extra face-off hockey fight just because to they never touched each other us. during the match. And we yeah. saw the Golden Lovers, and the whole point of us going there on Thursday was to see Kenny in person. And look, Kenny and Abushi did not empty the tank. They did not give us their best. It was still great to see them, right? After a long night of matches, but the the takeaway from that night on a really good card, Russell Khan Super Show was, I I can't believe non advertised. We saw Minoru Suzuki and 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 Hiroshi Tanahashi, and it was. If there's if there's a more impressive wrestler in person, not named Brock Lesnar than Ace, I don't know who it is. It, like he's just so like su- he screams superstar and uh, male or female, straight or not, you just want to like you want to make out with the guy. Like he's just an <laughs> impressive person. He's actually, and I think it's fair to say, the definition of it. Like yes, he walked in, the place exploded as it should for someone a legend like him. Okay. I mean, this is John Cena showing up at an event. It, it is. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, and he comes into the ring in full gear, takes the jacket off, and I'm like, holy crap. I get it. Like, I always liked him, right? But we're, we're like, Okada's great, right? Omega's great. Omega was cool. They gave 30% effort. Not their fault. They have other people paying their bills. I don't know if they did this for charity or for spots at the, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly know the whole, obviously the situation of it, but. Tanahashi man was just so completely impressive in every in every way you would expect and not expect. Um, it almost just made the night kind of. It did, and even though we didn't necessarily get what we hoped for. Uh, yes, and by the way, we saw Tomohiro Ishii. Oh my God, this, Ishii! In this night, we saw Joey Janela went up against this dude from Lucha Underground that I was not familiar with, named what Penta El El Cero M. Yeah. This, I mean, I'm sorry for not, for not being up on this guy. This guy completely impressed me. I told, and we saw this uh, Luchador match, this Luchador tag team match. It was uh, Flamita and Bandito against Ray Phoenix and Ray Horace. That was, it was basically a four and a half star match. Like this was a <laughs> fantastic match. It really was. And we also saw um, what was there was like a fatal four way or something. There was, that... and with the, there was, and that produced. For, so a, a night that we just told you had Kenny and Cody, Suzuki, Ace. The MVP surprise and performance of this night was Will Ospreay in this fatal oh four-way match. Dude, Ospreay was wrestled on every show, including Thursday night. Our good friend T, uh, Tim Fioravanti from ESPN was at the Evolve show at the time. I'm texting him. He's like, yeah, Ospreay just finished up. It was awesome. Ospreay shows up <laughs> at our show in this fatal four-way. And coming off an injury from the NJPW card the week before that we talked about last week, put on a performance of, like, a lifetime. He either is an amazing seller, which I do believe, or he's legitimately hurt and is just that insane, which I completely believe. I don't think he was selling at the end of that match. Like, his arm looked like it was hanging. Like, again, he could just be amazing, but he looked seriously hurt. The amount that he wrestled... The way he wrestled with Kenny Omega and Ibushi, okay, and it was awesome to see them. They're like two, two of my favorites, okay? But to see them going 30%, again, not their fault, don't blame them. To see Tanahashi and Minoru Suzuki going 
don't blame them. Will Osprey went like 70%, maybe more. And it was incredible. And there are times he was going 100%. And the I, mean, other guys, I don't think he knows how to go 70%. I think he only knows how to go. And 100%. the other guys in that match, like, do you have their names? Like, three of them. The yeah, two of them was, were amazing. That was a really good match. It was Adam Brooks, Sammy Guevara, and Shane Strickland. And, uh, I've, and I one of those Strickland, guys was, was Swerve, awesome. right? Was yeah, that, whoever Swerve is, amazing. Um, and that was Shane Strickland. That, that yeah, was, I think a, it was. And Sammy Guevara it has star potential. He runs me oh, TJP. Yeah. Like, he's got some star potential. Those guys were amazing. There, you know? And there was also, like, an intergender, like, 12. Oh, the Joey Ryan Open Challenge? No, no sorry. The, no, the intergender 10-person tag match. We saw Emma, Tennille Dashwood, and we saw Tessa Blanchard, who Tessa, has it. Are Tessa Blanchard, Blanchard has it. Like, she could be a, a WWE main roster performer tomorrow. She looked like she had improved leaps and bounds. And it should last be, because her. look, she's, da- she's dating uh, Ricochet, or, or she was. I'm not sure their situation. I know they were. She moves so quick. Like, her reaction time and, and you know, she's... Well tanned, in incredible shape. She could be a star. She looked the best she's ever looked. And there were three other women in that match besides those two. And I'd be remiss if I, I couldn't tell you who was who. Like, it, unfortunately, just it's too many independent wrestling. And, and it was Nicole people, Savoy, Shazza McKenzie, and Penelope. Ford. Right, I hadn't heard two, of them. Two of them, the bigger girls, were ridiculously good and did major spots. And it was actually very cool to see men and women compete with each other and not lay it on. Um, soft. Like it was, it was a real wrestling match, all treated as equals, and it was awesome. It was just a really good match. And the Golden Lovers defeated Chucky e. T and surprise guest Slip Gordon in the main event. Hey, shout out to WrestleCon, shout out to Indie Wrestling, cause that was a pure indie show. We got, we got all the, you know, the fun and games that come with that. The, I loved it. What a great, what a great weekend. Great. And we got, and we still have Raw to come. What a great, <laughs> we're going to, we're great going to Raw, weekend. man, in like 10 hours. And not it's only great. that, did we, we, we missed things like we had a chance to go to see elias play play a, sh- a guitar show on bourbon street we turned we turned it down we could have still saw paul Heyman one night show i mean uh, matt riddle did a blood sport show i basically was like the movie like i mean there was this was <laughs> look anyone out there who's never been to wrestlemania weekend it, you don't have to go to wrestlemania and you can have the time of your life so no but you should but i mean look wrestlemania capped it off and, and it's really cool i'm excited really though to go bc to monday night raw i've never been even when it's in, been in my semi-hometown, to a Raw after WrestleMania before. And with all the storylines that are going to be coming into this, potential for debut, debuts, debuts, I almost said, what? Now you know it's really late. Um, I'm down for this. Like, I'm extremely yeah, excited. give me Liberty or give me Bobby Lashley. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for some reveals. I'm ready for some great things. Uh, I can't wait to watch Cody Kenny. I'm a little bit behind on that, but we I'm going to watch seen that. Cody I'm going to get down to business on that one. I've got so many fun stories about running into wrestlers, seeing wrestlers uh, vape on the sidewalk. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can share some as we move on. But uh, oh, we can share one. We can share one last thing just to give you guys a little bit of a nugget. Guess who was staying in our hotel? Oh yeah, Brock Lesnar, Rena Lesnar, I guess. Rena Merrill Lesnar, Paul Heyman, and, and uh, that and was. Awesome. And our good buddy Robbie Snyder, CBS Sports producer, goes into the tiny gym and Brock Lesnar is basically <laughs> taking up the entire gym. At, With at a bodyguard standing outside. That's fantastic stuff completely. What is one more thing I want to mention? Oh, yeah. The, the ITC has you covered from Radio Row. Look, we got, we did a ton of great interviews also from the red carpet at the Hall of Fame. None of them are really dated. We purposely set them up that way. So we are going to give you a lot of sound coming up in the near future. Some really cool nuggets, tidbits and stories coming out of there with with performers looking back at their biggest moments, telling stories about their personal lives. Great sit down with the Good Brothers to share for you a lot of great stuff coming. If someone won a championship title this weekend, we interviewed them. I mean, for the most part. And you guys are going to hear it coming up in the next couple of weeks. 
on In This Corner. By the way, can you do me, can you do us a favor here? Follow us at In This Corner CBS on Twitter. Tell your friends that you listen to this podcast called In This Corner with Brian Campbell and that you love it and you love professional wrestling and they will too. They can follow us and subscribe to us on iTunes and anywhere else you get podcasts. I, I don't know what else to say. What else do we have to do to tell these people? Oh, five-star reviews. Please, come on. Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit us up on Apple Podcasts and shout out our good friend at Atalano underscore Tristan who got off an on-board brother at WrestleMania 34 as Trips and and, uh, and Steph walked into the ring. Shout out to all of all of our listeners. Shout out to the great listener Omar Al Rashid who attended that NJPW show in Australia and sent me a sweet Naito Lij shirt that I rocked this weekend in New Orleans. And shout out to well-dressed Nick Costas who was at a wedding. I think it was in New York <laughs> or Philadelphia. I forget where. And legitimately tried. Everything he could and actually considered paying freight to change a flight, arrive in New Orleans, go to WrestleMania. No, not just arrive in New Orleans. He was going to get off his plane at 7 p.m. Central Time and go <laughs> right to the Dome to catch the start of, uh, of the uh, of the car. He literally stuff. tried his absolute hardest, couldn't make it. We do the show, obviously, in his honor, and we are sure that he'll be back with us at some point soon. Anyway, i got to get up super early for radio hits because that's my life. But thank you to everyone for checking us out. Two words, Adam, for the way out. We out.